Today, I want to share, uh, uh, because it's a graduation Sunday, I want to share about discovering, discover new things from Isaiah 43, 18 to 21. Let me read it for you uh, from Isaiah 43, verse 18. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of the old. You have read this many times. Uh, this verse, this word, and I want to I want to preach this, uh, telling my story as a student, uh, stages of life that uh, we've been through, and many of you been through different stages of life, and then just pray together, come together as a family, and pray for one another, pray for parents, pray for grandparents, pray for the children, and talk about how we can come together despite all the different backgrounds and experiences that we have, that we can pull all the resources that we have together in our church and send out our kids to glorify and praise the name of the Lord. Can we do that? Yes. All right. So discover new things. Um, and to set that tone, I, I'm going to show a video, uh, but before that, let me set it up. So uh, our family went for fishing and fishing is new thing. But as I go to fishing, I hear from many of our church members, and they write to me and said uh, that the fishing with my father had been one of the most uh, meaningful time and memory. And some of their father has gone to be with the Lord. And I had a couple of you talked about, I had a great time with my father. I spent a lot of time with my father fishing, and that was one of the best time I had in my life. And I was thinking about what is meaningful for our kids in this day and age. What can we pass on to them? And as I was told, uh, reading about uh, fishing and the experiences from our members, I came to one of the book. I don't remember the title anymore, but uh, I got uh, something out of it that uh, if all of us really care about relationship, if all of us really care about spending time with our kids, spending time with, uh, with our friends, just giving quality time, then the, uh, the stores that sells fishing rod, it will be out of stock. You know, and I, it, it, I stopped for a second. What is it? What does this mean? It means that uh, a lot of us will take time out to spend with our kids, with one another. And those who enjoy fishing, say, I want to go fishing, but you have never gone. You wanted to go, right? Many would have gone to the store and bought the fishing rod and fished with a daughter and the son. There is a warning of, a, if there is a warning of hurricane and tornado or an earthquake, I mean, water runs out from every mall there. I mean, Walmart water ice is gone if there is a warning for hurricane. Uh, there is no warning for relationship, reconciliation, forgiveness. And the fishing rods are still there. Soccer balls are still there. We haven't taken the basketball to shoot with our sons and daughters. So... Uh, I want to talk about that, doing new things in life. So fishing is a new thing for me. I'm not, I'm not good at fishing. But I went with my sons uh, to fish. 
And we were there from 8 a.m. till 5 p.m. That's like almost nine hours. Nine hours we sat there. And what is it that we were, why is it that we were able to sit nine hours staring at the waves in the lake coming? Why did we? Why did we get up early in the morning? Get ready a day before to go and spend there for nine hours. And for me and my wife, it's about, it's not about fishing actually. It's not about fishing at all. I didn't so much care whether I, get, I got fish or not. But it's about me spending time with my kids. That as we spend time there, that somehow they will also be able to catch their dream. That they will be able to catch their future. That they will be able to reel in the finer things of life. That's what I was hoping for. That in that nine hours, if there was a moment, a second, that we connected and saw the big picture and dreamed together of the future and discovered new things in life, then that nine hours worth it. That's why I, I, I went fishing. I'm, I'm like fish out of the water when it comes to fishing. But I went it anyway. And I made up this silly goofy video and I want to show it too because I promised last time that I'm going fishing and I'm going to show you a video so I'm keeping my word for it so let's roll it right let's roll the video Steven Spielberg just called me. (laughs) Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of the old. When we are going to do new things, there is always fear. Even me as a father, how am I going to raise my kids? What are the things that I'm going to do? What are they going to learn from me? You know, my father, when I was uh, seven years old, sent me to a boarding school. It's not because he doesn't love me, okay? Those days, going to a boarding school was uh, a big deal. And there was this guy from uh, a British guy that had started a school. And he sent me to go and stay with his family. And he could speak only English. And here I was growing up in a village, and uh, I had my own language. English was not my first language. When I was in kindergarten, okay, pre-nursery, because we used to have kindergarten A, B, so two years of kindergarten. But before kindergarten, there was a nursery, right? 
When I was in nursery, there was also another teacher, principal that speaks English only. I remember when we were in the classroom, I wanted to go, you know, do little boy stuff. And I don't know what to do. I raised my hand. And she's talking to me, what do you want? I don't understand, but I get, get. So I don't know what to do. And there's a lot of classroom. And I just did because I want to go, you know. I didn't know what to do. So I just, <laughs> I want to go. And everybody laughed. And, um, but after that, I went to stay with this British guy when I was seven years old. And from then, I had been in school, seven, eight, nine. I had been in boarding school, in a boarding school where we have to speak English only. And if we speak our dialect, we were punished. We were punished for speaking different language. And my father had a plan for me then, because not very, very soon, not, I mean, my father died when I was 11, and I had to come back to study in the village. My mother didn't take a job because my father was a pastor of the church, of our church in the village. And there was no 401k retirement plan for pastor. It's just living month by month, whatever you have. Both my mom and dad were offered good jobs and they didn't take it. And my mother's thinking, why do I need a job? My husband is a pastor. God will provide. Well, he, he passed away and my mother didn't have a job. You didn't have anything. And she's there. Without anything, without any job, without any earning, and she's going to support four children, four of us. I was 11. Uh, But there was one thing that she had. She had education. And no one could take away that education from her. She didn't have money. She didn't have any savings. But she had education. And she started with her education. She started from the scratch to become a school teacher. And and she taught all her life until she retired. Her voices were going out and she was coughing constantly because she's teaching every day. And she's tutoring in the morning and tutoring in the evening and teaching in the day, during the day. Young people, If you have education, nobody can take that education away from you. No matter where you go, whether you're in a forest, whether you're in a jungle, whether you're in a village, whether you're outside this country, whether you're in Africa, in Latin America, in Asia, whether you're in America, wherever you are, if you have education, you can stand on your feet and make something out of yourself. But it all goes back to what God says in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7. The fear of the Lord is beginning of knowledge. The fear of the Lord is beginning of knowledge. Without God, all the knowledge that we have may not lead us to the path and the purpose that God has for us. Do it with God. You know, you fear not. I 
I remember not to be afraid when I was in boarding school, seven, eight years in a different place, and my father dropped me off, and he's going to go, and I'm standing there, and I'm trying to be strong at seven, eight, and not to cry. Not fully understanding what my future was. But I'm standing, I'm standing there not to cry. When he goes away, I go in and try to wipe my tears so other people cannot see. When we face with unknown, we have fears like that, isn't it? We don't know what to say. We don't know what to do. But God knows. He says, fear not. Fear not because you are mine. When I was eight, I was taking a walk on the street in that boarding school. It's a nice place. It's a long walk. I was taking a walk and some of my friends were there. We were running around and, and somehow I ended being up alone. And there was this, and they were building a bridge, a huge bridge in, across the river. And in India, um, when you build something, there is a sacrifice. Okay. So there was a rumor that some human was going to be sacrificed because they need the strong bridge, and the bridge will not, uh, when the water rises and the river currents are strong, that the bridge will stand. So they need some sacrifice. So we have crossed that bridge many times, and we have prayed over that bridge because of, we have heard those things. And there is this man, huge man, right? Just he has those thread. It means uh, he's a, a priest or something, and he and he was half naked, topless. I can see that. And I was walk there. I came and standing in front of me. I was like up here, and he said, uh, "Can I hold you for a second? And let me just hold you for a second." And I stood there. I didn't know what to do. You know, I'm looking up at him. He's coming to me like this to grab me. And I bolt somehow. You know, and I ran to my dorm. As I grew up, the word of God and God becomes meaningful to me. That even when my father and my mother were not there, my mother and my father were not there, God was there. Because I am, I am his child. He said, you are mine. When you go to high school, when you go to new elementary school, when you go to new college, you may not have your friends. You may not have your mom and dad. You may not have the same support system. And I'm telling you young people, if you stay connected with God, God has his eye on you and he tells you you are mine. You t- he tells you, you're mine. I will be with you. I will be with you in the fire. The fire will not harm you. The storm will not harm you. The waters will not harm you. In Isaiah. Fear not. I'm with you. I want to encourage that with you today. If you go out of state, and you go to different schools, you go with God. Because He is your God. I am the Lord your God. Do not limit God. You know, God made, God made it happen that you had a great middle school. 
God made it happen that you had a great high school and college. And you're thinking, oh, I'm not going to have a good time anymore. No, that's not true. Do not limit God. He gave you a good time in middle school. He gave you a good time in college. He will give you a good time in your new workplace. He's able to do. He's able to do great things. That's why he said, Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Right? 43, 19, 18, 19. So I will make a road on the uh, desert, uh, rivers, no, no, road on the wilderness and rivers in the desert. When I was going to, when I was going for, uh, uh, I graduated and I was going for my master and I had to go to a city, I had to go to New Delhi uh, from where I was in the northeast part of of, uh, India. And uh, I went alone. You know, I haven't gone there. I don't know anybody. And I've, I've told you these stories to some of you. I just went and boarded a train. And you need a reservation. But I didn't have time. I just boarded the train buying, we call it, current ticket. And I went into a reservation compartment. I'm sitting so scared. Somebody is going to wake me up and throw me out of the train. You know, nobody came. Nobody came. The whole night, I woke up, changed the train, went into another compartment, reservation. And I sat there. I was afraid somebody will come. I have to go to Delhi, three days journey. I didn't know anybody. I was just going. I don't know where I was going, but I was going. I was going to get into the university that I desired. University of Delhi, I was going to get into it. And India is one of the best universities. We were going to, I was going to get into that. I went up, you know, two days during, there was a guy sitting by the window, and he is lame, he can't walk properly. Okay, but I went and sat, we chatted, we played cards for a day journey, and he is also going to go to Delhi. And say, have you been there? Oh, yeah, I've been there once. So we, I, we went, and the train was late, it arrived like at... Uh, uh, early in the morning, like 3 a.m., 4 a.m. I went out. I didn't know what to do. Who is going to pick me up? We got into an auto rickshaw and went to one college dorm because he knew somebody was staying in that dorm. And uh, there was nobody. The door was locked. We can see the light inside. And he tells me, oh, in college, they used to lock outside and sleep inside. You know? If they bring some friends or girlfriends or whatever, it's okay. So I'm going to host you, stand on my shoulder and go and see on the window whether he's there or not. I said, okay. I went up, I went in, then my hand touched the key. Right? I got down, got the key, opened the door and slept there the night. He didn't come. Then I got, early morning I got up and went and looked for my cousin, one of my cousins that's supposed to be there in the capital in Delhi. And I found him. After a couple of days, I met that guy whom I slept. Broke the door. and Broke the law. I said, thank you for the room. But in our youth group, he came one day. And I shared the gospel. 
and he gave his life to Christ. Right? He gave his life to Christ and God called him to go into ministry. And he came to Northern Baptist Seminary. And I wasn't going to be in the ministry. I was going to be a bureaucrat. That's what I was aiming for. Top bureaucrat in the government. But he gave my name to the school. And the school somehow sent the form to me through somebody else, somebody else, not directly to me. I got the form. Because he was in the seminary. And I came to the seminary. And I came and stayed in his room again. Then he went back to India. And he served the place, the ministry that I was serving as a pastor. So he's a pastor today. I'm serving as a pastor. (coughs) God makes way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. So if you're going to college and you're thinking, what shall I do? I don't know what's going to happen to me. You trust in the Lord. You trust in the Lord. You trust in the Lord. Fear not, for I'm with you. Because you are created for my glory. And I have made him, I have made him for my glory. You see, God has no limit. God is able to do new things. And he is telling the Israelite, he is telling the Israelite, I want you to forget the, the former things. I want you to forget the old things. I want you to forget that you have crossed the Red Sea. I want you to forget that you have crossed the River Jordan. I want you to forget that you have eaten bread and, and uh, meat from heaven. Uh, the food of the angels. I want you to forget that you have drank water from the rock. I want you to forget that you have seen the clouds by day. I want you to forget that you have seen fire by night. I want you to forget that I have appeared before you. And in your presence you have seen me given the law and the word of God. You have heard me thundered from Mount Sinai. I want you to forget all these things because I'm going to do a new thing. He's saying do not put me in a box. I'm outside the box. You think that I can't do these things anymore. No, I will do a new thing for you. He's telling because we sometimes live in the past, isn't it? We bask in the past glory. Oh, God has done these things in this church. God has done these things. We were like this. Our choir was so strong. Our men's ministry, our women's ministry was out of this world. Right? And we pass in bask glory and God saying, Oh, look for new things. Look for new things. Look for what I am going to do. God has no limit. He is able to do new things. This people I have formed myself. They shall declare my praise. They will be my witness. They will be my witness. I have chosen that you may know and believe that when I do these new things, that you may believe and know that I am God. Besides me, there is no other Savior. You know, I am the Lord your God. Who called out? Who called you out of Egypt? And Isaiah is writing this. Why? When was he writing? When the Assyrians have come and captured. Israel 
People will be taken into captives. And after that, the Babylonians were going to come. And they will capture Judah. And the Israelites will be taken into captives. And God is saying, I'm going to do a new thing. In a bleak, dark future. What new thing? But he did. They came back to build a wall. They came back to build a wall. The second temple was built. Who would have thought that the cupbearer would find favor with the king and all the woods and all the provision that's needed for the temple would be given because one person found favor before the king. Young people, this could be you. Young boys and girls, you could be the one that can change the history of our nation. You can be the one that can change the course of our nation. That where people come back to declare that God is God. God is the Savior. And there is no other Savior than the Lord Jesus Christ. Because of what He will do with your life. Because of the new things that He will do with your life. Because He said, you are going to be my witness. You will be my witness. That you may know and believe that I am God. That other people may know and believe that our God that we worship can do new things in our lives. That whatever he has done for your mom and dad, for your grandfather, for, your, for other people, he can do that for you. He can do that for you. In my humble life, God has done great things. I wouldn't be here without God. I will not be here without God. I wouldn't be here a widow, jobless, with nothing except for the education that she had was able to send us here. Many of you have impacted in people's life like that. And you have done great job when you look at your kids, when you look at your grandchildren, where they are today. It's because you love the Lord. It's because you have education. It's because you're hardworking. And you want to pass those things down to the generation. We must continue to do that. We must continue to do that. In Deuteronomy 6, it says that love the Lord your God. Love others. And he said, tie that in the neck. Put that on the doorpost. Put that on the gate. That when they sit down, talk to them. When they lie down, talk to them. When they walk, talk to them. When they sleep and get up, talk to them. These are the things that we need to do. Proverbs chapter 6. You know, give command, father's command. Instruction of the mother to the kids. Right? That they, they will hold it in their heart. They will hold it in their heart. They will tie it around their heart. That they will know what is good for them. We have to do this as a family of God. As a family of God. God did great things that we may believe and know that he is the only one. He is the only Savior. It's hard to keep the course. You know, yesterday uh, we had a golf. We, uh, the church has a golf, you know. Uh, and... Uh, uh, we were at the at the 18th hole here, right? 
And um, this is a playoff uh, that wasn't supposed to be. <laughs> because we had a playoff, and the other final team came in and won uh, with one stroke, you know. So we were a little early, but this was a playoff at the 18th hole. And all of us are looking at the hole and waiting for each one to hit. Uh, and getting closest to the hole. You know, it's about sending it to the right direction. Letting the ball fall where you want to fall. And as I was reading about kids and milestone and graduation, I was reading this German uh, philosopher, Arthur uh, uh, Schopenhauer's, right? Schopenhauer's. And he said that uh, it's the talent that hits the target where no one can hit. See? It's the talent that hits the target where no one can hit. And then he went on to say that it's the genius, the genius that lets you hit the target where no one can see. Right? So at this 18 hole, you can't see the flag. The flag is in that tree. The tree covers that flag. We have to look where to fall and heat it up so it will come into the flag and judge the direction. And I was thinking about this thing. How does fate play in golf? And I was reading about these things. It came to me that uh, it may be the talent that helps us hit the target where no one can hit, or it can be our genius that can hit the target where no one can see, you know what? But it's the faith that can move the mountain. You know, if I move the mountain, I can see the flag. (laughs) You use your faith, your genius, but have faith in the Lord, because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And God will bring great things in your life. You know, there's a great group of us that went for golfing. And everyone waits at the nine hole in applause, you know, when they had a good hit. And Andrews didn't beat us at the playoffs, so, you know. Um, uh, and what I want to share today is how can we discover new things? Do not look for your future in the past. Live in the moment. Look and look to the future. Move on from basking in the past glory. Be open to new things. Recognize God is much bigger than we can ever imagine. God was able. He is able. And he will be able. As the worship team comes up um, and sing the song, Uh, We're going to pray. We're going to pray for one. We're going to pray for Dana because she's going to go to Africa. And we're going to pray that God will go with her and she will use her gifts, talents, and treasure to make a difference in the life of those African kids because she's a nurse. Uh, But we'll pray for other things. What is it that we want to pray is... We want to pray for revival at our church. 
and not the revival that you have been or the revival that you have read about in the 18th century, in the 19th century, early 20th century, the time of Billy Graham. It could be that. But we're praying for new things that God will do. We're praying for revival at our church, that the revival will begin from all of us. We don't know how it would look like. But this is the season of the Holy Spirit. We just had the Pentecost Sunday. The birth of the church. And the coming of the Holy Spirit. And we want us to pray for revival at our church. Are you with me? Yes. We want revival. So there can be reconciliation. Restoration. Redemption. Forgiveness. Healing. Emotional. Physical. Spiritual healing I want more victory inside this church more dancing inside this church we're dancing for the Lord we're shouting for God dancing and leaping for the Lord that the spirit of the Lord has visited us and touched us let's be on our feet and as we praise and worship God as Christ is enough let Christ be enough Let Christ be enough, Holy Spirit of God. Let Christ be enough today. Unleash your power and your presence. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name.